Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Over-the-counter drugs affect older people. Most people don't pay much attention to the side effects of over-the-counter medications, especially if you're dealing with allergies or a nagging headache. However, as we get older, we need to start paying a lot more attention to those side effects. According to the Washington Post, while it's important for everyone to follow instructions for over-the-counters, it's essential for older adults. Jeffrey Colgren, an associate professor of internal medicine at the University of Michigan's Institute for Healthcare Policy and Innovation in Ann Arbor, says many seniors consider these over-the-counter medications harmless, but they're drugs, and the older you get, the more susceptible you are to their side effects. It's also important to know that some of the over-the-counters are more appropriate for older adults than for others. Also, over-the-counter drugs you tolerated well in the past can be problematic as you age. The Washington Post provides some guidelines to help individuals make better decisions when choosing an appropriate over-the-counter drug. To ease pain and fever, consider using acetaminophen like Tylenol, as it's the best for most people. For arthritis pain, one option is over-the-counter NSAID gel Voltoren. But be cautious with ibuprofen, naproxen, and other oral non-steroidals, which can cause side effects such as gastrointestinal bleeding with chronic use. For a nagging cough, consider using products such as mucinix, which spins mucus in your lungs so you can bring it up more easily. Drinking plenty of fluids is also helpful. Be cautious with multi-symptom cold and cough remedies that contain the decongestions, phenylephrine or pseudoephedrine. These ingredients are sometimes not advised for older adults because they can drive up blood pressures, affect sleep, and cause urination problems. Also, the antihistamine diphenhydramine, which is also called Benadryl, is often found in over-the-counter nighttime cold and cough medicines, has been linked to dizziness, sleepiness, and cognitive impairment in seniors. Certain over-the-counter cough and cold products also contain acetaminophen, so if you're already taking acetaminophen on your own, you run the risk of an accidental overdose. To reduce allergy symptoms, consider using an over-the-counter steroid nasal spray, such as Flonase, Nasacort, or Rhinocort Aqua. A simple saline spray can also help, but be cautious with antihistamines like Chlor, Tramtenon, and Tavist. Unless your doctor advises it, these often cause sedation, especially in older adults. Avoid Benadryl because it's an anticholinergic, a type of drug that has been linked to higher risk of dementia in older people. For heartburn, consider using an antacid with calcium carbonate, such as Tums or Pepsid, but be cautious with Prilosec or Zegarid. They can lead to low magnesium and vitamin B12 and increase the risk of bone fractures, pneumonia, and serious Clostridium difficile infection if used for long periods. Listeners, encourage your senior loved ones to talk to their doctors about any medications they're on, even if they're on over-the-counters. Princeton outbreak helps CDC to understand Delta variant. 
Now, Provincetown, Massachusetts is a popular party location for many men who have sex with men in the Northeast. And the summer's East COVID restrictions brought with it the usual large turnout in the town on the 4th of July. According to NPR, the gathering led to an outbreak of COVID-19 that scientists were able to track in almost real time because of a tip from a citizen scientist in New York City. The citizen, Michael Donnelly, is a data scientist in the city who began a COVID dashboard with a Drexel University epidemiologist at the beginning of the pandemic. Donnelly was able to begin tracking the Providence outbreak through his network of friends who had been to the town on the 4th, many of whom were testing positive, even though they were fully vaccinated. Then he reached out to the CDC, providing them with instances of more than 50 breakthrough cases of COVID-19. The data would prove to be incredibly helpful to the CDC as they were able to gather it easily because the gay community had already cultivated a culture of openly sharing health histories largely due to HIV. When Donnelly contacted those in his network who had tested positive, some had already shared their positive results publicly, and he didn't meet any resistance when he reached out to collect the data. A cooperative community with real-time contact tracing helped the CDC understand a lot more about the Delta variant. The high number of breakthrough cases reported from the Providence outbreak revealed just how transmissible that variant is. Almost 75% of the 469 cases from the event were in vaccinated people, and the amount of virus tested in some of those positive cases were the same amongst those that were vaccinated and unvaccinated. This information was so helpful to the CDC that these findings changed the CDC guidance on the vaccinated people who've been exposed to COVID-19 recommending testing and masking for two weeks, even if your COVID test is negative. PrEP provision and reducing HIV transmission. The provision of HIV pre-exposure prophylaxis, also known as PrEP, has increased massively in the last decade. The medicine, which is taken before exposure to HIV, reduces the risk of HIV from intercourse if it enters the body and has seen an increase in its use throughout the U.S. since 2014. Now, a new study from the Journal of Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome has analyzed the changes in the numbers of PrEP providers in the U.S. between 2014 and 2019 through examining a national pharmacy database. It found that the number of PrEP providers increased from just under 10,000 in 2014 to over 65,000 in 2019, with almost 70% of providers being physicians and the number of infectious diseases physicians prescribing the medication growing massively. The new study finds that the South had the highest number of HIV diagnoses between 2014 and 2019 and therefore had the greatest need for HIV prevention, but had less capacity to provide or administer PrEP when compared to other regions. In February, the state of Mississippi began a new initiative to increase provision of PrEP and make it more accessible during the pandemic by offering free telehealth services where patients could feel more comfortable by talking through an online platform. This comes as Mississippi's capital, Jackson, has the highest rate of HIV infection among women in the U.S. and the fourth highest overall rate in the country. However, this service has not been used as much as has been anticipated, with many in rural areas not having a stable internet connection. 
Some physicians and human rights campaigners are also blaming a lack of comfort in talking about sex in the South due to limited sex education and with many people being unaware that they are considered at risk for contracting HIV. Improving health equity in HIV in the U.S. is essential, with new research published in The Lancet investigating how this could be done. The research examines six cities in the U.S. to determine whether equity-based interventions are likely to help prevent the spread of HIV and to treat it. The study finds that implementing strategies based on one equity to combine HIV is not only cost-effective, but it reduces disparities for Black, Hispanic, or Latinx individuals, while also significantly improving population health and contributing toward the end of the HIV epidemic in the USA. The provision of PrEP has been crucial to safeguard against HIV and its transmission and is part of a major effort to reduce the effects of HIV, particularly among minority racial and ethnic communities. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs? Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.